welcome to another episode of Alcoholitics. I'm your host, Katrina Myricks, and I'm joined by my co-host, Turian Myricks. Hello, Turian. Hello, Katrina. How are you tonight? Quite well. How about yourself? Doing great. Cool. Another weeknight podcast. Another weeknight. Drinking Merlot on a Monday. It's Merlot Monday. (laughs) I'm going to get that hashtag started. Hashtag Merlot Mondays. What are you drinking? Spritzer. Your barefoot, As per usual. crisp, white strip, strub, spritzer? Yep. 330 calories for the whole bottle. Did you kick the whole bottle? Yes. That's what I'm talking about. You do? <laughs> um, we need to buy like a case of that for me. Oh, yeah. that. I mean, you seem to very much like it. I love it. It's and delicious. It, it, it gets me nice and buzzed. That's awesome. For 330 calories. It looks quite good. So, how about we get into the show? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So let's start with the main topic. Um, we got the debate. We got the debate scheduled. The, well, the tw- debate's been scheduled. Right. Sorry. My apologies. Let me. I know. I know that. But we've got the twenty-person field. I mean, out of twenty-three or twenty-four or eight hundred, whatever. Um, we have twenty candidates that that uh, qualified for the debate. Mm-hmm. Um, Three candidates didn't, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Steve Bullock. Gravel, Bullock, and Mike Gravel oh, and the, Wayne Messam from yeah, yeah. Uh, the mayor. Um, or, wait, I thought Seth, Seth Moulton also didn't. Seth Moulton also didn't, so that's four. Oh, so okay. I said, I thought it was 24. I thought it was 23. But, I guess you're right. But yeah, so. Look at me being an asshole and being wrong. <laughs> yep, that's what happens when you're wrong. You're just uh, 100% an asshole. Um, but no, so uh, we have the twenty-person debate set. Um, we have two nights of this debate. Uh, so Wednesday, June twenty-sixth, and, and Thursday, June twenty-seventh. Yep. So I'm going to give you a rundown of the debaters for each night, and then we're going to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about each one here. So on, I'm doing this based on um, five thirty-eight put out an article. Um, uh, regarding uh, the polling stat- statistics of the candidates for each night, because um, they said it was definitely lopsided, which it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I'm doing this in polling order. That's the order that I'm doing it in. Yeah, An average sure. polling order. Popularity. So uh, night one, we have Elizabeth Warren, Beto O'Rourke, Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar, Julian Castro, Tim Ryan, Tulsi Gabbard, Jim Inslee, sorry, Jay Inslee, uh, Bill de Blasio, and John Delaney. On the 27th, we have um, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, uh, Andrew Yang, Kirsten Gillibrand, John Hickenlooper, um, Michael Bennett, Marianne Williamson, and Eric Swalwell. <laughs> Who is that? He is a representative from the great state of California. Okay. So, we have um, we have both days set up. So, let's talk a little bit about the two days. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with day one. Yeah. Day one, we've got Elizabeth Warren as one, what one would argue as the... She's the clear... Top tier candidate top that's in that, debate. in that yes. debate. And then we have some people that are kind of like stragglers. And then we have people who are obviously... Wasting our time. Okay. <laughs> or we have people who are wasting our time or are looking to 
make their mark on this. Wasting our time. Or looking to turn heads at this debate and boost their profile and possibly win the presidency. Who and how in that first one? Look. Who and how? I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying they're going to. (laughs) I'm saying that might be what some of them are thinking. I don't. What do you what do you think the reason Bill de Blasio is running for president is? I have no idea. <laughs> I truly it's think a, that he believes that he could possibly be no, the president. He's crazy if that's the case. I don't I'm not saying he's not. I'm saying that that's I think that has to be what his I mean other than otherwise what is he doing this for? I don't know. I have no idea why he's doing it. It was a terrible decision. Okay? <laughs> but that's what I'm I'm saying. At least with the other ones it's like Get your name out there. But, like, people know who Bill de Blasio is, and they don't like him. Well, well, New York doesn't like him. Do other people? The other people don't really know him, I would say. I don't know. So, I don't think it's a good idea. Anyway. Yeah. So, Warren's the clear star of the night. Yes. This is, this is good for Warren. That's what I asked. So, you think, overall, this is good for Elizabeth Warren? I do. I mean, I do think she's going to also have good moments when she's finally paired up with um, the other frontrunners, but I think it's good for her to be able to go against this field and make her mark, Um, because there are definitely some other good people up on that stage, but I think she is probably the best, most, like, educated, well-spoken Um, and and knowledgeable of those who are going to be on this stage, I think that's going to come across. Mm. Um, And I think she's one of two women who will be on the stage that night. Is that right? Um, There are going to be at least three, sorry, three women on that stage that night. You're going to have Tulsi. Is Marianne Williamson in this one No, no, no. Marianne Williamson stayed too. You're going to have Tulsi Gabbard. You're going to have Amy Klobuchar Klobuchar. and Elizabeth Warren. Right, right. So you're going to have three women on the stage that night. Yeah, so I do think she will stand out in this one as the clear top choice out of these options. Right. I think some of the men we have this night, I think Castro and Booker, are both super charismatic, so I think their charm is going to be very appealing um, during this debate, but I think she will come across probably as the most qualified or presidential or, you know, I think I think her top tier um, status will be solidified in this. Right. She right. won't be. I don't think she's going to be dragged into a lot of um, anything messy. There are going to be lo- people at the bottom punching up at her. I don't think so. No. Okay. Do what do you think? I okay. So there are two schools of thought about um, Warren's positioning here. One, which I don't, I don't subscribe to, is that it's a bad night for her. She didn't get to be put up on the stage with anybody else that could be considered, like, at her level or above her level, i.e. Biden, who is clearly the front runner, though she is gaining on him in, in, in every sense of the word. And then, or others that are, like, at that next tier that she would arguably play, be placed in, like Bernie Sanders or Kamala Harris or, at this point, seemingly Pete Buttigieg, who is either, like, one rung lower or there with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's going to be, like, on a on a, a spot with, you know, she's got Beto O'Rourke, who has been in, in the limelight recently, so it's, so it's helpful that that's there, but there's not really much else going on there. 
Um, so that that's the that's the argument that she won't that this isn't a good night for her. However, I I I think the counter to that argument is that she gets to go first. That's what I literally was gonna go there. Okay, good, because because so, I think if if yes, if the knights had been reversed, I do think this, this would have been a negative. If the knights would have been reversed, I would never, I wouldn't bother with like this is good for her because I wouldn't bother. Yeah. If you got if you had the debate night you have for night one, or sorry for night two, that was moved to night one where you have Biden, you have Sanders, you have Harris, you have Buttigieg, you have Yang who's gonna try to make a splash like. You have Gillibrand, who's still trying to, like, cling to any sort of life in a campaign. If you have that night, and then you bring the next night in with uh, Warren, who I think is wonderful, but um, you do it with just, like, Warren or Work Booker, Klobuchar, Castro, Tim Ryan, they're not going to, that's not, no one's going to pay, they're not paying attention that night. Especially because they're probably already going to watch, like, a two-hour debate yeah. the night before. Yeah. But that's what I'm, also. Uh, I subscribe to the thought that this is a good night for Warren. Yeah, I think Warren, I think people will say this is the first debate, and they will be more likely to tune in. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas some people might go by night two. I don't need to watch. I already want like so they might make excuses to not watch the second night, even though it's entirely different people. Mm-hmm. So I think this is absolutely a win for her. And there, uh, I think besides the fact that it's the first one, which is great that she'll be able to throw these like put her put herself out there, put her fucking giant uh, binder of plans that she has for each specific instance out there but also she has the ability in this in this um debate night to possibly take shots at biden that he can't respond back to for at least 24 hours right so i don't think she'll be taking a lot of shots i think this first debate is going to be actually pretty clean um you know maybe some of the undercards will try to make a name for themselves by taking shots uh but i think castro booker um, and Warren will all be talking about their ideas and their vision. I don't think they're the type to lash out and attack. Um, maybe Klobuchar will. Um, I don't know too much about her debate style. Uh, I know how about how she is a boss, and that might have something to do with it. But <laughs> is that yeah? I was gonna say, why'd you mention her? Is it because of the eating a salad with a cone thing that makes you think she might be one? That, she. When you see her, her, her public persona is nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know how she'll be in a debate. We'll see. I think this first debate is going to be really about ideas. Um, and I think that's good. And let me be clear. Do you mean night one or? Yes, night one. Okay. Night one. Okay. We'll get to night two. But... Yeah. Okay. Do you think now you've got Warren, who's definitely a top tier candidate that's in this um, mm. field of... Um, field of uh, people in, who are not at the same level as her when it comes to this specific election running for president. Right. Do you think, I, I'm going to give the names that like we know, um, but like O'Rourke, we've uh, got Booker, we've got Klobuchar, we've got Julian Castro. Do you think any of these people are going to be able, or are going to be able to use this night to step up? Or do you think Elizabeth Warren is going to just kind of Squash everybody down. What do you think? No, what are your expectations I, I think this, this is good. I think this is good for Booker. I think it's good for Castro. Uh, I think Klobuchar's actually gotten a lot of attention already, and I don't know that this um, is going to elevate her any more than she's already been elevated. But 
I think a lot of people surprisingly don't know who Cory Booker is. Um, Bat- diehard Democrats do. Batman from New- Newark. Yeah, and same with Castro. You know, the the Castro brothers rose to fame after that DNC convention. Well, he did. Uh, he rose to fame. Yeah, Joaquin but then got again, some it actually too. could have been Joaquin that delivered that speech. <laughs> we don't yeah. know, but because they're a fucking twin. But they're both extremely charismatic people. Um, I think they both have that uh, Obama quality that really um, they entranced called, people. C- Castro's speech was called Obama ass. Yeah. In, in that DNC. Yeah, so I think this is gonna give them a great opportunity. Um, a great platform to be seen. They're very likable people. You keep saying they. Only one of them's gonna be on the stage. Castro and Booker. Okay, I'm so sorry. I thought you were still referring it to Castro and Castro. Oh no! I'm sorry. When I got I got stuck down the twin hole, and I'm like, holy shit! She thinks they're both gonna take. They're they're both gonna take breaks and (laughs) sub in for each other. No, I, I I think. I think this is... You're going to see Julian Castro just duck behind the podium, <laughs> and then someone else is going to pop up, and you're like, is is that Joaquin Castro? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think I think it's good for Warren, it's good for Booker, and it's good for Castro. I think Beto might flounder. Why? Because he does not... He did great in his campaign against uh, Ted Cruz. It's not but he hard was, to... Exactly. It's not hard to look better than Ted Cruz. Yep. Um, and it was, you know, it was a statewide election. Um, but now he's up against national heavy hitters. I think since he his campaign is launched, he's been taking a lot of missteps uh, in the way he's been running his campaign. And I think it's just going to show during this... Uh, debate that he's not ready for this. But that that's fair. But the counterpoint to that is, he. It's hard to look. It's it's easy to look good against Ted Cruz, but it's hard to win almost, like you know, almost forty nine percent of the vote as a Democrat in Texas. Yeah. You're now you're looking at you're looking at a nationwide race where a lot more states are going to be more um, inclined to listen to you as a. Lib- like as a liberal who's also a white male, uh-huh. so it's and you, we talk about the char- the charisma of Booker and Castro. It'd be crazy to say Beto O'Rourke is not charismatic. I just think he comes with a lot of arrogance. Um, that he was born for this. Yeah, the the, uh, the Vanity Fair cover is not. Was that Vanity Fair? Was that I don't remember the. I don't know. Was one that... shitty white magazine. It's... Well, what's not Vanity Fair is not terrible. It was it was something that you shouldn't launch your campaign for, uh, president, as saying you were born. Like, he yeah, didn't no. Launch it. He he said he he'd already announced that he was running, and then he said he was born to do it. Um, that was yeah. You're right. It was Vanity Fair. Yeah, I I, I, I I'm don't, just not gonna disparage Vanity my, Fair in case is, they want to give me a writing job for whatever reason. This is just my prediction. I think. Warren. Is it a prediction or is it a hope? Do you do you think that that Beto's Both. actually going to flounder, or do you do you just want him to flounder? I do think he will. I do think he will. Oh, um, he, when his record is questioned, um, he's got a, a bit to answer for. That's um, true. When trying to run against some very progressive candidates. That's true. So I I think. 
This is my like, impression. I would say uh, again, and I'm I'm not one to like always defend Beto O'Rourke. Ask anybody in the text chain I'm in, but I would say one thing is night one he's not running against the most the most progressive of people other than Warren. I mean, you got Inslee who will definitely hit him on every uh, you know fossil fuel bullshit thing he did, mm-hmm. um, but. Other than that, I mean, you got Warren and you got Inslee who will probably take him to task on those things. I don't think there's going to be a lot of taking to task. I don't think there's going to be too much well, then, then candidate is... interaction. I think there's just going to be a lot of moderator questions. That How are is gonna... he going? Oh, so he's going to flounder on the a moderator is going to ask him a question. He's not yeah. going to be able to. I mean, okay. it's not. I, I get with, that. With I'm the getting limited that. time that these candidates are going to have, it's going to um, be like four hours each, right? No. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That seemed more like I really hope not. (laughs) I think with the limited time that they're going to have, if he's asked more than one question about you voted this way in the House, but now you're saying this, that really is going to hurt him, in my opinion. So. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I I don't necessarily agree, but I do think that that's that's a fair point to make. So... Out of the week we've discussed, you know, like the the Warren tier for night one and the second tier. Um, is there anybody, any of the of the names that you're not super familiar with, that you think might be able to get a boost from night one? Will you repeat them? For yes, me? I will. Um, I'm going to skip over Warren through Castro. So let's go: Tim Ryan, Tulsi Gabbard, Jay Inslee, Bill De Blasio, and John Delaney. If anything, maybe Inslee will get a little attention. A little juice because of climate change? Yeah, but nobody's going to get a, a percentage up, I think. I would say, based on the fact that I think Tulsi Gabbard's going to run the campaign that like Mike Gravel's high school friends are running, which is, he's running as like a, a very like anti-war candidate. I think she's going to do the same. She's going to run as a don't get involved in... Yeah. Um, other things, and as we're going to talk about later, that's actually going to be quite appealing to some people. To I would say to Democratic voters when it comes to the issue that we're the issue with Iran right now. Right, but so, then if they ask her any questions about Bashir, what, Bashar uh, al-Assad, Bashar al-Assad is not going to. I understand, but I understand. I understand. I just think because of that mo- because of this moment that we're in, her anti-war message is going to be. Uh, it's gonna be. It might resonate yeah. with voters who are war weary and like they don't want to be a part of this. The, the only thing is, um, I think Warren would have pretty much the same response. So I agree, but I'm not saying she's gonna be like better. I'm not saying she's gonna be better than Warren. I'm saying that. But gonna why be would one of those people go with her as opposed to Warren? That's a good. That's yeah. a good question. I, I, I yeah. I just don't see. I don't see it. Mm-hmm. I don't see it. What do you What do you think about? The middle tier candidates. You didn't give your opinion. What? What? Do you, which the middle tier candidates? I would say, um, if we're looking, I think that this could be a good night for Beto, just for the. Uh, I mean, just for the unfortunate facts, like that. Democratic voters and I, we had looked at this article that I sent you. I think it was from like the Atlantic. I don't remember specifically what it was. Or no, no, it was the Daily Beast. Sam yeah. Stein wrote it today. From the uh, wrote it, um, not today, but Sam Stein wrote it. That was for the Daily Beast about how, unfortunately, we still, uh, even as Democrats, a unfortunate like large population of us still go. Well, let's go with a safe white male, yeah. um, which is why 
sometimes it's hard for women like Warren or like Harris to get traction. Um, and it's shitty. But I think that Beto O'Rourke might capitalize on that kind of thing where it's like, I am the... I am the vision of what you see as electable. If you if you close your eyes and say the word electable three times and you open your eyes, I'm probably what's standing in front of you. I am a white male. Um, I have a moderate record. This uh, this might be something you would want. You saw me almost beat Ted Cruz in Texas. So I think that... Now the question is, how is he during debates? I think he did well when I... Because I, I watched some debates that he did with... with uh, Senator Cruz in Texas. Yeah, but he was against Ted Cruz. I know. No, I agree. I agree. It's definitely yeah. it's definitely easier when you're going. It's like I read. I'm debating, but also the the person who's hated most in the world is also debating. Mm-hmm. But I think this might be a good time for this. Might be like his resurgence in a campaign. I would say that it's also possible that you can get that moment. I think if anyone's going to give you like a moment, like just of oration that's great it might be cory booker or it might be julian castro yeah so so i would say one of those three possibly have but i would say just based on the way that unfortunately stuff works sometimes and the night that we're having where it's gonna be dominated by a woman Mm -hmm. it's gonna be dominated by a woman so there are gonna be the you know the people who are like the antithetical what what other option do i have did that work for um Jim Webb, or well, because there were a lot of knights uh, that were dominated by a woman last time, and well, that's it's different when it's different when there are five people on the stage (laughs) and they ask, I would say, seventy five percent of the questions to two of the people, (laughs) and Jim's just like, guys, pay attention to me. You guys know I killed a guy, right? It was great. Like that's what. Like it's yeah, it, I don't think it's the same. <laughs> I don't think it's the same situation with Jim Webb, but um, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. I I do think that Warren's gonna have a good night, and I think that one of the like one of the I I don't think that Amy Klobuchar is gonna be able to push her message. I don't think so either. So I think it's gonna be if if someone's gonna come if someone's gonna also raise their profile, it's gonna be someone like. O'Rourke or Booker. I actually think that Castro's going to fade, unfortunately. Mm. Um, which sucks. No, no, I, I want Harry Trapp be, so bad! He's going to be the only Latino candidate on the stage, and I think that does add something. So, Well, let's we'll hope see. that... Yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. But I think if you're if we're talking about the people who are like just like lower than the mid-tier, I think Tulsi has the best shot at stepping up and... Um, you know, just just her her anti-war message in a time where today just got an alert from multiple uh, news sources saying that um, the president is sending uh, like a thousand troops to the Middle East and saying that we will not allow Iran to get a nuclear weapon. I think that any candidate who is beating the do not go to war drum is probably going to get a lot of play from Democratic pacifists. Mm-hmm. But... That's night one. Night two. We've got the biggest night. Obviously, I'm going to repeat the people who are uh, who are on night two. We've got um, uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, Senator uh, Bernie Sanders, Senator Kamala Harris, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, um, Andrew Yang, <laughs> Senator uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, uh, Governor John Hickenlooper, um, Senator Cor- uh, Michael Bennett, uh, 
spiritual guru Marianne Williamson and Representative Eric Swalwell. So let's start with what is important. Who's taken the most shots at Biden that night? We got a we got a mm. night of a bunch of people. We got the the front runner on the stage, and we've got people who are probably capable of taking effective shots at the yeah. front runner. Honestly, who's it gonna be? Is it gonna be Bernie? It's gonna be Bernie, Harris, and Yang. They are all gonna be taking shots at him. <laughs> all of them. Yang's gonna take shots at Biden. Yang's gonna take shots at whoever he can take shots at. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My my opinion of what I've seen of Yang so far is that he loves attention. Yang Yang. So uh, I think he's going to be doing whatever it takes to get some. And I think I think Harris, you, you know, Harris might be more deferential, but I do think her prosecutorial side is going to come out and she might take some swipes. Sanders is definitely going to take some swipes. Um, I think the three of them are going to split the load right there. Will Harris? You said Harris might be more deferential. Um, just, just a question. I, I don't know. If I, I didn't tell you I was gonna ask about this, but do you think that because she is trying to, she's trying to court the entire Democratic populace, yeah. of course, but she definitely wants to turn out, um, you know, uh, black voters for her campaign. Uh, Joe Biden is popular with. African American voters. Do you think that she might be more deferential in attempt in an attempt to not have them, um, you know, kind of turn on her? Right. I don't think that's the reason. Um, and I'm saying it's possible that she might be deferential because I don't know. Um, but the fact that Biden's campaign has already internally been floating the idea of a black woman vice president might be on her it mind. It might be best for her to, at yeah, that point, if she's like, I is, might not win this nomination, so let's just go to the There's this. a point, I think, where you could go too far to be the vice presidential nominee, mm-hmm. and she might try to avoid that. Yeah. Just strategically. Yeah. Because uh, we do suck as people, so we might not elect her. Uh, because of sexist or racist reasons for our primary candidate. Even yeah, even the Democratic Party suffers with this. Yeah. This so, is not just a Republican, and that's very important to fucking yeah. to mention. This is not just a Republican problem of race or gender or or uh, you know like of what we see. Like this is a Democrat. This is a nationwide problem. Where we can see someone as something and then choose like, oh, well, women don't have the temperaments to do this. Whereas we have the, like, for lack of a better term, diva. This The president of the United States is like diva-esque. Where he's like, don't you dare say a bad thing about me. I'm great. He tweets... So many times he puts in quotes, your favorite president when talking about himself. Yeah. It's like, what are you talking about? No one does that but you. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. So you think they're going to split so, the load? So, go ahead, go but ahead. I think Sanders will probably go fairly hard. I yeah. think I think if you made me pick, Sanders See, will be See, I think Warren wanted to be on the stage against Joe Biden. She'll I don't have know her if, chance. I don't know if she necessarily wanted to do it first, but I think it definitely... 
What's on people's minds right now? There was a clip circulating about her talking to Congress. I'm sorry, talking to the Senate about a specific bill that Joe Biden backed that she did not. That would have helped credit card companies. Which we talked about last time was the thing he did a lot. And she, I, I, I know in my heart of hearts, she wanted so badly to be on the same stage with him to have him answer for that. And there are also people who really want her on the stage to for to to um talk about his treatment of young girls on the campaign in the sense that like how he talks to them versus how she talks to them. Yeah. Where she builds them up as leaders and he puts them down as housewives. Yeah. Like I think, yeah, I think I think she's gonna have her chance. Oh, that's, for sure. That's the thing. So do I you think, think this is good for her to get her start to make herself and her policies right. the forefront, and then she will have her chance to go Do after you them. think Harris will take some of those shots that Warren could have taken? It's possible, but I don't know how political she's being, how she's going to be, how strategic she's right. going to be. Because uh, if she wants that VP nom, if she, she doesn't can't go make too it, heavy. she cannot go too hard against him. She mm-hmm. can't really bring up the um, harassment stuff, you know? The improper behavior. She can't bring up so, the harassment stuff. She can't bring up his um, his speaking about uh, the things we spoke about in our last in our last episode. I think she can go some on his record for sure, but not not the not, not the anti minority stuff he had on his right, record. Right, right. Yeah, no, yeah. I think that's right. I think they're just lines you can't cross if you want to be the VP candidate. Agreed. So. We'll see whether she's thinking that way or she's thinking of going for it all and cutting him down. I hope she goes for it all. uh, (laughs) Let me ask this. Now, you've seen Joe Biden in debates against Paul Ryan. Um, Yeah, I totally remember that. Okay, fair. Maybe you don't. I remember (laughs) them. Do you think... Now, I've, I've watched... I think that... Um, Vice President Biden can hold his own in debates. He's done it before. Do you think, and I'm asking you to try to take as much bias out of this as you can. (laughs) I don't. Do you think he will be able to fend off attacks from the left effectively? Or do you think he's going to kind of like, I I don't want to say self-destruct, but like, do you think he's not going to have the responses that the American people are looking for? I think his responses are going to be dismissive. Um, mm-hmm. I much like his responses to are, yeah uh, people Everything. feeling uncomfortable about yes. him are dismissive. Yes, I think he does well in the debates we've seen him in, um, and for that is all debates from the right. And I think it's it's easy to defend those sorts of attacks with a conscience. You know, like you know, yeah, I do want women to have rights. Yeah, I do want LGBT to have. You know, it's it's not so hard as when someone's coming at you from the left and you have to defend a more moderate position. I think he's going to say, he's going to dismiss them with talk about his experience Mm -hmm. and his knowledge. He's going to, I think he will come off arrogant and old school. Really? I do. We'll see. My thing is, I don't think he'll necessarily try to do the old school or or try to, I think that you're going to see a lot of, and this is possible. I think that you're going to see him say a decent amount of, listen, Barack Obama trusted me to blah, 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 blah. Like, I think he'll use, I think he will pull that out of his back pocket more than once um, on that debate stage. I think that 
<laughs> okay. Yep. Sorry. Charlotte agrees with me. Uh, but no. I don't think she did. She uh, upset. No, she was upset that he's going to do that shit. Yeah, yeah. But no, I think he's going to pull that out of his pocket a couple of times on, the, on this debate stage. Uh, on that debate stage. I think he's going to uh, definitely... I don't think that looks good, though. Do you? I think it looks like the last Democrat... The last two-term ti- two pre- Democratic president trusted him. Yeah, but what did he do? What do you mean, what did he do? What did Biden do? What What is his actions? What are his actions? What are his ideas? I don't think they, I, I don't think the American people are going to be like, oh, you're right, Obama did like him. I'm not I don't talking care about what the, he's saying. I'm like, not you know. talking about the American people. I'm not talking about the American people. I'm talking about, uh, you know, primary voters. And then not, not just the, you know, like, left-wing Twitter primary voters. Because they're... We, there are a lot of them, and I agree that they're an important block, but that's not who... Com- that that's Hillary Clinton didn't win the nomination because there was a, a huge swell of left-wing Twitter followers that were on her side. It, like, there are, there, there are moderate Democratic voters that are going to look at his... that still have very good feelings about President Obama... And they're gonna look at the what you know the fact that he was attached at the hip to Obama for eight years and say, good, I want that back. Yeah, that's not an answer though to the things he's done in the past. I agree, it's not an answer to the things he's done in the so past. So I but think people, it is what I he's going to use to erase having to give an answer to the things that he's done in the past. No, that's that's not gonna work. Okay, I mean you say that, but we will see if that. Works. I honestly think if he wins this nomination, it's not because. Our primary voters love his ideas and his record. It's uh, just again, because whoa, no like, one said that. <laughs> I think it's going to be begrudging. It's going to be a begrudging nomination, just like Hillary Clinton's was, and that's a bad for us. That's bad for us. We should have somebody we're passionate about. I agree. I, I don't think people are that, like, some, sure, some are, but not that many people are really passionate about Biden. They're like, he's got the best chance. So we'll go with him. Well, unfortunately, I, I agree with that. But at the same time, people are passionate about getting Donald Trump out of the White House. Do you think people will be impassioned by Joe Biden after this debate? Or do you think they'll, they're more likely to find another candidate that excites them? I think because, okay, um, I don't, I think that there's, if you're looking at possibly between he excites everybody or someone else does. Yeah. I think it's going to depend on his closing statement, but I would say it's like, I, I wouldn't say it's likely that someone else is going to rise out of that debate and encapsulate everybody and be like, that's the one I want over Joe Biden. I think that you're probably going to look at this debate and still have a split where we are. Not, no, absolutely. Not exactly where we are. I don't think one candidate's going to excite everybody. I think the other candidates are going to incite more excitement than he does. The problem is they have to peel off his voters. Yeah. The problem is we have too many candidates. <laughs> Look, well, too many cooks can spoil the broth. Uh-huh. <laughs> How do you think Pete's going to do? I think Mayor Pete's going to do fine. I think Mayor Pete's Do you is... think he's going to get any higher than he already is? I mean... No, I, I don't know. I think Mayor Pete is being a, being up there as a veteran is going to be helpful yeah, for sure. Right? For sure, I agree. 
I just I think that I think that what I want what I'm interested in is the conversation that hopefully is going to happen between Mayor Pete Buttigieg, Joe Biden, and Kirsten Gillibrand. About the military? About, well, because Kirsten Gillibrand is, now, now I don't know what uh, Mayor Pete's uh, position on sexual assault in the military is, i.e., does he want this taken up in civilian courts rather than, um, mm-hmm. rather than uh, uh, military courts the way that it has been and the way that it's been failed to actually deter mm-hmm. but and that's something that's going that's something that um kirsten gillibrand has very passionate right but my thing is kirsten gillibrand um has been pushing heavily of you know like for example with with senator al franken um if you are you know if you exhibit behavior that is ill-fitting of the senate by uh, making people feel uncomfortable you are gone or, you know, like, in Al Franken's case, just people are coming out saying you mistreated them. Um, Mayor Pete Buttigieg... Pictures also came out. Pictures also came out. Um, Mayor Pete Buttigieg said, I wouldn't have done that. We hold, we seem to hold our people to a higher standard than, than the others. Mm-hmm. And Joe Biden has his, um, his history of being... Uh, inappropriate with with women and young girls, mm. so I'm excited to I, I I want I want that conversation to come up, yeah. Because I really want Joe Biden to have to answer to that. Up? I I don't know if she will bring it up or a moderator will bring it up, yeah. but I think it's going to get brought up. I hope so. I want. I I think it would be great to not have to say that our presidential candidate was inappropriate with women and young girls. I also would like to yeah. say I would like it to be able to be said that our presidential candidate didn't okay someone being inappropriate to women or yeah, young girls. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So it would be really cool if this gets fleshed out. Yeah. Um I don't know if it will. Nope. Who's it's NBC? Yeah. I don't know. Maddo's on the she's not going to ask that, I don't think. I hope somebody does. I agree. I would love to hear a non like Obviously, the first answer is going to be a canned, pre-thought-out response. But after some back and forth, I would yeah, love there to... Yeah, there's going to be some debate, rebuttal. Yeah. Let's fucking do this. Yes, yes. Okay, so we've got... We'll end it on this. We've got, um, you know, we've got uh, Biden at the top tier. Sanders is either on his own, like, second tier, or he's a part of the other tier now with, like, Harris, Buttigieg... Um, do you think anybody, what, who's your, you have a dark horse that might rise randomly out of this as an alternate that will suddenly get a larger percentage of the vote in polls. I think if anybody from the bottom tier is going to see a rise, it will be Gillibrand. Um, but I don't think it'll be significant. I think our top three are going to be the shining stars after this. They're going to be the ones getting the most attention. Maybe, maybe if uh, Mayor Pete uh, does something very interesting, he will also share that load. I think Sanders is actually going to come out lower. Really? I think I think in 2016, he was the only relevant opponent to Hillary Clinton, so he did get a lot of attention. But a lot of the current candidates share his positions now, and now he's just an old man ranting. Um, so I don't know if he's gonna like you I'm know set. 
I think we know what he thinks at this point, and he's not getting any higher. I think other people will uh, take that. I think Kamala Harris will hopefully come out looking very good after this. See, I keep hearing the things that you want. Not necessarily what you think is going to happen. Yeah. I 100% keep hearing, like, I really hope that this is what happens. Yeah, that's true. So, what about you? I mean, do I think anyone at the at the lower is going to come up? Not really. Just because I don't think Swalwell no, that's nothing. and Bennett are going to, no. like, distinguish themselves from everybody else. No. Um, like, Bennett... Sorry. My thing. Bennett and Hickenlooper... They're both moderates. They're both from the same fucking state. <laughs> like they're not gonna. They they're not going to do that. Um, I. I mean, what do you what do what do I say about Marianne Williamson? I don't. I. <laughs> People will be talking about her. Not, I not necessarily like, for good reasons. This is literal. This is me. This is a this is a definite definite um, personal opinion. I don't. I don't take too much stock in someone who calls themselves a spiritual advisor. Right. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know if Andrew Yang sells his point. I think Andrew, I think he's going to come Yang out. Has, Go ahead. Andrew Yang has one of the one of the more um, progressive, like when we're talking about plants, progressive plants. His basic universal income is a huge plan. It is huge. I don't know if he's going to be able to sell that no. while dealing with the circus that's happening around him. No. He, he will probably get attention after this, but it's not necessarily going to be positive attention, So I, my opinion. I will say I personally hope that Harris comes out on top because Harris is a part of... I, I share the, um, the Jess Britton, um, I want Warren Harris ticket, but I think I hope Harris comes out on top. What I truly think is, I think that Biden will be able to stave away attacks that he's been that he has to field, and I think that he will put himself in a position to show, hey, look, I'm still here. I can still do this. And because of our electability argument that we keep having, and because of the fact that Democratic voters just want to make sure that that Trump isn't the president anymore and that there are a larger number of moderate voters than there are of like progressive Twitter voters. I think that I don't think anything's going to move. <laughs> I'll say that. I don't think anything's really going to move. I say if anything moves, um, Biden might move up a little bit more, but I think, I don't think anything really moves from there, but I do think that Biden puts himself in a position that shows that he can kind of handle the, the, the fire that he's, that he's given. Um, maybe not with like you know at, with the activist base, but I think definitely with the the moderate Democratic base, which is larger. So it's gonna be who's larger and who comes out. But that's where I'm going there. You want to move on? All right, I'll let you introduce the next topic. So some stuff's been happening with Iran. Um, it seems like we might be on our way to some conflict. Uh, so, in the last few weeks, six oil tankers have been attacked or sabotaged in the Middle East. Uh, the most recent case happened last week um, with two tankers being uh, attacked in the Strait of Hormuz, which is um, 
near Iran, in Iran, around Iran. I don't know exactly the geographical deal. Um, But the U.S. military has come out and said, this is definitely Iran. Um, Let's get them, basically. (laughs) (laughs) They had... um, they released a very grainy video, mm-hmm. um, which they said was absolute proof that this was Iran doing it. It was just a video of a boat with a bunch of men on it pulling something off of one of the tankers. Uh, their claim is that Iran placed mines on the side of these tankers and exploded them, you know, to, to like release the oil or sink the boats. I don't know exactly how boats work. Um, they say that you're not a boat expert. I'm not a boat expert. I wish we would have got a boat expert on the podcast. <laughs> they say they were uh, the U.S. military intelligence is saying the um, the ship was removing an undetonated mine to remove evidence. They also are saying a missile was launched against a U.S. drone to hide the surveillance of these boats, that sort of thing. Um, so I think to to like provide some background trump doesn't really like iran no i don't know if you've noticed he's made that clear yeah yeah you think mostly yes yeah so when uh before he came in office there there was a lot of tension with iran um they iran wanted to become a nuclear power they've been doing a lot of nuclear testing uh weapons building uh, uranium stockpiling that sort of thing. So Trump, or not Trump, Obama, and... Ab- did you just mistake the... Pre- did you mistake President Barack Obama for President Donald Trump just now? I made a slip. You've had too much to drink. <laughs> and I am upset by that. Sorry. So Obama and, like, every other country in the world negotiated... A deal with Iran to stop them from continuing uh, to stockpile uranium, stop them from weapons testing, stop them from missile building, um, and we would ease off of sanctions, that sort of thing. It took like over a year to negotiate. We finally signed it, and then what happened? Um, d- uh, Donald Trump ripped it up and flossed his teeth with it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, he scored some political points. He scored political points by destroying a a uh, a national, um, sorry, an international uh, um, treaty basically deal that was yeah. beneficial to foreign policy in the sense that it helped keep us further away from an international conflict. Yeah, yeah. Which um, I mean, you do you, dog. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that was bad because Iran, Iran was actually following the terms of this deal mm-hmm. as far as everyone else in the world believed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Trump administration said they weren't, but they didn't actually provide well, any Tr- evidence. Before, yeah, yeah. They never they never gave any sort of piece of evidence stating that, like showing specifically how they weren't following the terms of the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, we, they already had the motivation to destroy the deal because they said they hated the deal 
Uh, that's what he part of the things that he can't. One of the things that he campaigned on was destroying the Iran yeah, nuclear. Yeah, because he said it was a bad deal. Right, and he could make a better deal, and he's a great deal maker, yeah. and he's really good at deals. So now, two years in, we have a better deal, right? What? Or are we like on the brink of war? I'm sorry. We were supposed to make a better deal. I thought. Well, that's that, what he said, right? Well, he said he's a good deal maker. Yeah, so he would make a better deal than. Yeah, he could have made a better deal. He's what he said. He could have made a better deal. Did he? Oh, he was supposed to. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, that was my mistake. I didn't realize he was supposed to. Do that. So you know, we basically calmed tensions, made things better, and then uh, kicked that out the window. And um, because again, it scores him political points. Right. He's been ramping up the anti-Iran sentiment. He's been imposing sanctions despite their compliance. Um, So I guess Iran looks like they decided to act out. Uh, There, a few, uh, about a year ago, I think it was, or possibly longer, shorter, Mm -hmm. uh, John Bolton, was put in a position of power. Can I just, before we go on with John Bolton, his mustache. Oh yeah, he's ridiculous. It's too much, right? Yeah. It's too much. It's certainly too much. I don't know what's going on there, but that's, that's too much. We don't need that. We don't no, need all that. No. Pull that back. <laughs> go but, ahead. But Bolton's a really cool guy, right? I mean, is he, when you say Bolton, do you mean Michael Bolton? No. Oh, the no. He's not a really cool what's guy. What's his title? His title currently? Yeah. I don't know. Is he National Security Advisor? I don't know. That sounds right. I, I think he's the National Security Advisor. I know he used to uh, be the... I feel like he's amb- the agitator-in-chief with the <laughs> dictators and stuff like that. <laughs> like- I mean, yeah. I think he was previously as a... Uh, yeah, he's currently the National Security Advisor. He was previously the U.S. Ambassador under um, the Bush administration. To the U.N.? To the UN, sorry, right. U, uh, ambassador to the UN. Um, so as where he told them all those lies. Exactly, was, as the ambassador to the UN, yeah. he was responsible for um, lying to the United Nations about Iraq having uh, weapons of mass destruction, which they did. Yes, and we found. So we, which is why we straight up murdered Saddam Hussein. Yeah, because he had them, and we had to get them, so we got them. Did John Bolton get any trouble for that? No. Well, to or, be fair, I don't think anybody got any yeah, trouble for that. Yeah, they? Uh, so, so now he's in a better position with the government, mm-hmm. and now he is telling us that we need to go to war with Iran, basically, uh, and that they're dangerous and all this. Why should we trust him? I don't think that there's anything on Earth that has happened... That could make you trust John Bolton on national security issues. Right? I think it's. I think it's. I mean, obviously, he uh, Donald Trump was just trying to like throw in horrible, horribly bad uh, right wing characters into his into mm-hmm. his inner circle, and he chose John Bolton because he knows liberals hate John Bolton. But that's super dangerous for the country. Right. To 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 <laughs> install John Bolton as a national security advisor when the last time he was advising people on national security, it was making us go to a war that was that cost an incredible amount of blood and treasure. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 not it's not responsible, but then again the president has not yeah. shown any signs of ever being responsible. I mean Bolton's already been flame uh, fanning the flames with North Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, not helping the uh, 
great negotiations that were going on there. Which is weird because, like, Donald Trump is, like, best friends with Chairman Kim. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't, like, pick on your boss's best friend. (laughs) Guys, they they chill. They play tag. He got a beautiful letter from him recently. Did you see? Oh, no, I didn't. Was it huge? He got another beautiful letter. In a giant envelope? I'm assuming. (laughs) That he looked like he fucking won a fucking sweepstakes? So... Basically, I think what a lot of liberals are thinking about this is that um, being in a conflict, in a current ongoing conflict or war, is really good for a re-election. It's incredibly good for a right? re-election. Because people don't want to turn over the reins of the commander-in-chief in the middle of a war. No, absolutely not. Which is crazy. You know who also thought this? The people who voted for Bush in 2004. That's, that's correct. My mom, who Uh-oh. is fairly liberal but Uh-oh. registers as an independent, voted for Bush in 2004. And the reason she gave me, even though she hated him before that, was it didn't seem like a good idea mm-hmm. in the middle of a war to change the president. Yeah. So that's, I believe, 1,000% that's behind all of these decisions. Mm. I think... We are stoking a war with Iran because Trump thinks or somebody is telling Trump who is smarter than him that, you know, provoking war would be good for him to get reelected. Do you know who else thinks that provoking a war might be good for reelection? Who? Um, before, he were pre- before he was president... <laughs> Uh, Donald Trump uh, did say, um, quote, don't let Obama play the Iran card in order to start a war, in order to get elected. Be careful, Republicans. He said that in October of 2012. He tried to telegraph a playbook that he thought was going to happen, or he said he thought was going to happen, and it seems now he's trying to use that, that playbook. Yeah. Now, before we, it's very important to say that um, uh, the head of the uh, House Intel, the, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, uh, Adam Schiff, says that this was the attack that was definitely was certainly Iran. Iran. Yeah. Um, and I think it's funny that like uh, people like the Secretary of State are coming out um, and saying, oh, this is definitely Iran. Listen to us. Um, our intelligence is telling us it was them. All of our intelligence people are telling us it was Iran. Um, which is funny because the Trump administration has always agreed with their intelligence committee, right? Well, community. No, that's not true. The Trump administration has constantly um, uh, been adverse with the intelligence community, saying that he has better intelligence than the intelligence community. Why? Well, usually they were saying things that he didn't like, like Russia helped him win an election, or Russia wanted him to win, or Russia tried to tip the scales for him. So every time the intelligence committee said that, he said, that's not true, I don't believe that. In fact, once he was in um, Helsinki, and uh, Vladimir Putin said, no, I didn't do it, and he's like, good enough for me. (laughs) Isn't it funny? No further questions. Isn't it funny that they're trying to say, yeah, guys, it was definitely Iran. Our intelligence people are saying it was Iran, mm-hmm. 
you should believe them now, but you shouldn't believe them before when they said other stuff that we did not like. Exactly. It's just... And it's not only, like, liberals in the U.S. who are, I think, questioning this. Um, Our allies around the world want more evidence. Well, it's hard to... Yeah, well, you don't want to follow... I mean... The track record of the United States recently. You don't want to just follow us Not blindly. Just recently, Sorry, honestly. You're right. Honestly, throughout a lot of our history, you don't yeah. want to just follow us blindly into a conflict without actually checking out some yeah. other other sources. Mm-hmm. I think it's, and the Iran has you know denied that they had any involvement with any with any of these attacks. Um, you know, they said that it would be funny if it wasn't so um, uh, dangerous. Yeah. For the Trump administration to be saying this, um, but they're but they're we don't necessarily believe the Iran. No, I, no, <laughs> but they're able to make um, good arguments because, like, they they came out and said that the U.S. has a history of false flag operations mm-hmm. in the Middle East. Why should you believe this isn't one of them? That's absolutely which true. honestly isn't a crazy idea. Yep. Their evidence is not you know men on a boat. Getting a mine. Who says that couldn't have been operatives of the United States, people the United States paid because they want to stoke a war? Yeah, that that would be crazy, but that sounds the administration cons- conspiracy has done theorist-ish. yes, yes, but this administration has done crazy things. I think it's not um, incorrect to question and demand evidence before any action is taken. I agree. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I think that because of not just the history of this administration, but the history of our nation as a whole, mm-hmm. it definitely makes sense for um, people to be. <laughs> it definitely makes sense for people to ask for specific proof before embarking on a, you know, on something that could uh, then turn into a large quagmire that. Iraq has turned into for us mm-hmm. previously. And um, so in response to <laughs> in response to um, the allegations by the United States, uh, the U.S. sanctioning them when they haven't actually broken the terms of the deal, the U.S. Ba- backing out of the, the Iran deal, um, Iran has now just basically said fuck it. Um, they announced they're going to resume stockpiling uranium uh, past the Not levels. Not the stuff enriching. Enrich, enriched enrich uranium. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the nuclear stuff. Um, they're going to uh, exceed the levels agreed upon in the Iran nuclear deal. So after a year of being told they were breaking it, they've now announced they're going to break it. Because honestly, why not? Right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're being accused of sabotage. They probably are sabotaging stuff. Um, they're being accused of breaking treaty. Like, this is what the administration wanted, in my opinion. I, I mean, Do you I, disagree? I don't necessarily disagree. I mean, I definitely think that the administration had uh, no... They know that optic, optically, on, in a political lens, it looks good to go after Iran. Yes. Yeah. It looks very good to go after Iran. So they walked in going, "We're not gonna, we're not going to um, follow this treaty because this is a bad. Sorry, we're not gonna follow this deal because this is a bad deal." Um, not really caring about what the actual um, specifics of the deal were. Right. Um, and 
for Iran to then retaliate by saying, okay, fuck that, we're going to do whatever we want to, that's not out of the realm of not possibility. No. Like, that's not on its... Like, you are... This is a... This is a crisis. Another... Another global crisis created by this administration. Yes. And this I- is this administration to, using their... What seems to... Literally not using any sort of common sense, but only just using their... Their... What they think politically will work for them. Yeah. And just kind of forsaking what actually will protect the nation. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's one hundred percent true. Do you think we will be at war with Iran by the time the next election starts? I sure, fucking hope not. Me too. I but we've know. already. We, what, what did they announce? A thousand more troops to the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, Sending to a try thousand to more troops to the Middle East. Um, dissuade Iran from mm-hmm. taking action. I mean, what is a thousand troops going to do? My question is, I mean. If we, what is a thousand troops going to do? It might make them say, "Okay, we'll yeah. get some of our, uh, some of our forces militarizing." Exactly. Ready. That's the only. That's the only thing it does. It's it makes Iran more militaristic, more prepared. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not very happy about. But like, I we we laugh and joke about the way that the president treats a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to our, you know our national security, he... Doesn't take it seriously. He doesn't take it seriously, and, and at every turn, he seems to put us in more jeopardy, just kind of based on things that he seems to think will politically work for him. Yeah. And yep. that is just... It is, it is hard to swallow. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to swallow. Yeah. It's just uh, an example of the attitude of the Republican Party and the president mm-hmm. um, and the uh, callousness the the lack of thought of human cost I think mm-hmm. but that, that's nothing new no. that is nothing new it's not new so great uh- <laughs> hey so let's hit it with the let's hit it with the final topic all right or the topics we're gonna push these all into one because it's they're funnier. Yeah. <laughs> They're funnier. This this is a real downer. By the way, I love that. Like we do this show. Um. I. By the way, I gotta stop comment, calling it a fucking political comedy show. It's not. It's not funny. Well, no, I mean, you made me your co-host, and I'm. Not I wasn't funny. funny before you got there. You're when funny I, with other people. You're not funny by yourself. When I'm by myself. I'm You're depressing. I'm exactly what this last segment was. Yeah. Which was horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Let's talk about a couple of people from the Trump administration. Let's from the start Trump White House. From yeah, let's talk about let's talk about them. Let's talk about one who will be leaving at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So, let's raise a glass and say goodbye to our good friend Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She's leaving us. Oh no! And I'm gonna miss her so much. But have you seen her in the last few months? What? <laughs> was I supposed to? What's her job? <laughs> Press secretary? Nah, it's not like she gives briefings. Nope. Um, nope. So Sarah Huckabee Sanders is leaving. Um, one of my favorite things was uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders said she was leaving. She said that she hoped that she was remembered as being transparent and honest. Ha! To which um, adult film star Stormy Daniels said, I hope to be remembered as a virgin. <laughs> 
on Twitter. It was great. That's funny. Um, but Sarah Huckabee Sanders is leaving. Why? What better job is she going to fucking get? I mean, I wouldn't want to have her job. No, yes. I wouldn't want to have her job either, but she she's... she's leaving because she wants to or they pushed her out? No, she wants to. I, I don't think that... I don't think that they would push her out. They don't have any reason to. She hasn't shown any signs of growing a backbone or a soul. <laughs> so there's, like, no reason for her to, like, want to leave to be like, I need to be better than this. Like, no, that doesn't... That has not once fucking showed up in her in her DNA. So, like, what... What, what I don't understand, like, what's she going to do? What is she going to do after this? What do you think she's going to do? Fox News. What Fox News time slot do you yeah. think she's going <laughs> to get? It's my what better she's question. Do. Oh, my God. Maybe she'll join The View at some point. Is Meghan McCain leaving? When she does. <laughs> okay, because she can't be on there with Meghan McCain, because I think Meghan McCain will legitimately, physically strangle her to death <laughs> if they're on the same stage. I don't think they could be on the same stage. So, is she number three? Well... Press secretary-wise? That's a good question. Because I, I know we had Spicer, and I know we had the Mooch. Um, she's <laughs> the third one that I know. That's a good... That's actually an incredibly good question. Um, so, I'm going to pull up... Let's see. We got the list of... What has? Oh no no! The Mooch wasn't technically. He was the communications. He was the communications director, and he was gonna be. I think he was gonna be the press secretary. He he, he was didn't the last long enough. What do you mean? What, isn't eleven days long enough? No, he's only had two. He's had Sean Spicer. Um, now she he when Sean ended, someone else took over in in the interim until yeah. Sarah. But he's only had two when it comes to this specific job. Mm. We're thinking of other jobs where. It, there's just a there's a revolving door in the White House. Oh yeah, the, the, for two, the, for two in two years, the two year it's only been two years, right? And uh, I think Kellyanne Conway is the only one that's been there from the start, right? <laughs> one of the of, few. Speaking of Kellyanne Conway, Kellyanne Conway, um, the Office of Special Counsel, not Robert Mueller, not Robert Mueller, guys, wasn't Bob, weirdly enough, Bob Mueller didn't have anything to do with this one. Yes. Um, but the Office of Special Counsel, which was like a watchdog group for, they they said that the uh, that Kellyanne Conway has violated the Hatch Act on numerous occasions. Uh, they they in an called egregious it egregious. <laughs> egregious. Um, so she is. I mean, I know you might not know this, but she is technically a federal employee. No, I know. I'm not saying you, but. I'm Oh. You might not. You might You're think, talking to these dumb dumbs. You might think she's like the campaign spokeswoman right. or his campaign advisor, right. because all not. she does is campaign for him, mm-hmm. which, believe it or not, is illegal when you're a federal employee. I. That's weirdly. That's that's very weird to me. Yeah. That's very weird to me. So this is actually Julian Castro. Was when he was the secretary of the HUD. They said that he violated the Hatch Act. Was said he violated the Hatch Act when he spoke out in favor of Hillary Clinton. So Wonder what he did. After one that? time he what? apologized. He apologized and never fucking said shit again. Yeah. He apologized and get kept his mouth shut. Yeah. Fucking until the end of until the election yeah. was over. What Kellyanne Conway said was, "Throw me in jail." Yep. When's my jail sentence start? Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. There is no jail time for violating the Hatch Act. It's fines. And guess what? She's wealthy. So she's allowed to do this as much as she wants, and it doesn't matter. The special counsel recommended 
that strongly that she be removed from office immediately. She was not removed. No, she's not going to be. You know what? Because she... this administration isn't ethical. <laughs> there are no ethics involved. No, there's no, there's, they have not watched The Good Place yet. There are no <laughs> ethics involved in this. However, what did happen was a piece of Kellyanne Conway was, was eliminated from the Trump, uh, from the uh, Trump administration. What are you talking about? Well, she has a, she had a polling firm <laughs> that she started that um, was removed because they removed from what was removed well, from the Trump. I, I I don't know. If the, I don't know if they're technically paid by the campaign or the administration right now. It was the campaign. You okay. can't. I don't think. Can the administration have polling? I mean, I hope not. But I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend I fucking know. Yeah. Um. So they actually were removed. Um. He. They were fired. Um. From the Trump campaign. Right. Uh, did they? For, did they do something illegal? Well. Did they lie? No, well, no. Did they commit fraud? I mean, no. Did they deceive somebody? I mean, that's what he would. Pro- that's what he would purport. Um, so they were, <laughs> they were removed because um, of internal polling leaks that showed Donald Trump down against Joe Biden <laughs> in a lot of different states, and then like only up on up by like two percent in Texas against Joe Biden. Which was weird because he fired them, but he also said none of these polls existed. Mm. And they did, and that's crazy. Wow, he lied. What I know. a shock. I couldn't believe it. Our president lying. I couldn't and believe it. Hiding evidence and stuff. I couldn't believe it myself. It's almost like he obstructed those poll numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he might have. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's let's end it on. <laughs> I don't. That's that's it on this. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> let's let's end it. I want to bring it back to the debates for one second. Um, night one and night two. They're gonna be happening. We're gonna. It's gonna be great. We're gonna go over exactly how that happened. Hopefully, with Jess when she comes back on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um. Who do you think walks out of that two-day event on top? Of the, like, number one in polls? No, not number one in polls, but, like, the best coverage, the best coverage, the best coverage from the, not necessarily the biggest bump, but the best coverage out of the, like, I know that places do flash polls, so you might see a flat, you might see flash polls about who won the debate, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. I think it'll be a out with the. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be Warner Harris. I really do think it'll be Warner Harris. Okay, explain. Um, I've talked before about how I think the reason Biden is on top is because people know who Biden is. Um, so people are going to get to see these two um, brilliant, um, well-spoken women um, showcasing some skills and I think impressing a lot of people that haven't seen them talk and haven't heard their ideas. And I think they're going to get a big bump from this. Okay. What do you think? I think that the person who walks out of there with the, with the best coverage, with the um, best, uh, best look from that debate is going to be Elizabeth Warren. Mm -hmm. I think that she has a bunch of factors that help her, including being on day one. Yes. You're going to get, you're going to get debate fatigue. You're going to get someone, you're going to get people who are just kind of like, I get it. 
fucking, I'm not doing this as long. They might watch the whole first debate and not watch the whole second debate. Yeah. So you got to do something pretty big in the beginning of that second debate to get that airtime. But I'm going to say you're going to, um, you're probably going to get Elizabeth Warren coming out of there, showing that she knows her stuff, she has her policy ideas, and she is ready to lead this country. And I'm excited to see it. Me too. Great. Great. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. Um, we will be back next week for our year anniversary episode. Yeah. That's going to be pretty cool. That's exciting. One full year. One full year of doing this podcast. Good job. And thank you. I'm, I'm impressed with myself and how, <laughs> and how drunk I can get on Mondays. Um, thanks all for listening. See you next week. Cheers. Cheers.